Hey everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Life Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Tillman, coach with Balance Coaching and Consulting, and I'm excited for you to join me this week as we dive into a conversation with my friend, Janae Spry. Janae spends her time helping solopreneurs, entrepreneurs build productive businesses, all while maintaining the skill set and the tools they need to avoid burnout. So if that sounds like you, I think you'll get a lot out of what she has to share with us this week. But even if you're not an entrepreneur or solopreneur, if you want to build skill sets into your life that help you avoid burnout, and burnout can happen in so many different ways, then I know you will be uh, benefited by what Janae has to share this week. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into our conversation with Janae. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Janae Spry. Like you said, I am a productivity and system strategist. So I work with small business owners, typically whether solopreneurs or they built a team and really our focus is to prevent burnout and continue to grow their businesses, but in a sustainable way that protects their work-life balance or creates one from the beginning if they don't have one. Uh, I'm also the founder of Productivity Stacks, which is a platform that profiles systems, tools, and people that help entrepreneurs who are successful do exactly that. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's a, so, so with your clients or the, you know, so the people that come to you, you said both, you either they're wanting to get balance yeah. or they don't have it to start with. What do you, what do you see the most of? Um, most people are really in that point where, you know, they've worked really hard to get money in the door and they're either they're thinking about scaling. So whatever that means for the entrepreneur, like for a solopreneur, it's just like get fully booked, right? Like that's really like what they're trying to get to for somebody who has like larger visions, like, you know, I want to grow this to like millions of dollars or past millions of dollars or whatever their burnout future looks a little bit different. Like they're trying Mm -hmm. to get money in the door and then they're just trying to like hire and scale as soon as possible. And like, okay, you know, I have too many people. Let me hire this person, hire that person, but they're not really stepping back and like creating a map of their business and strategically hiring and creating a system and automating before they hire someone. They're just taking their hot mess and handing it to somebody else, basically. Mm. Um, And I always like to say, you know, a bigger hot mess is just a bigger hot mess. It's not... That's not how that works. <laughs> I like that. Bigger hot yeah. mess is just a bigger hot mess. So yeah, so um I like what you touched on there because that, that's something I've seen too, is a lot of times balance is like an afterthought. Yeah. It's it's let me get going down this road, let me get jump on this vision. Uh whether like I said, whether it's a solopreneur, entrepreneur, whatever it is, and or or just somebody who's working with a company that's already established. Yeah. It's very pragmatic, like, let me get this. And then I'll worry about the other stuff later. And I don't know about you, but I've never seen that work out. Yeah. I mean, I think for some reason people think like, I'm a very goal oriented person. I think, you know, a lot of people love like hitting that mark, but the problem with being a goal oriented person is you're like, let me just kill myself until I get to like, whatever it is, you know, get that job, get that, you know, job in the company, get my business to X amount of revenue, whatever. And then I'm just going to sit back and it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies. And not one time has that ever happened. I don't think. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, you've got this. It, I was actually, we were, I was talking to a group of folks last night about this of it's like, we set this goal in front of us and it's like, everything's going to be great when I get to that goal. Like I'll start mm-hmm. working on everything else once I get to that goal. And then you get to that goal. And if, especially like you said, if you're a goal oriented person, 
nine times out of 10, you get to that goal and you go, all right, what's my next goal? You don't yeah. pay attention to what's going on around you. You get to that and go, all right, I want to go further. I want to go further. And before you know it, you've built this massive thing and the the balanced life you were planning to fix just got kicked to the back burner. Yeah. I talked to so many entrepreneurs that like they, a lot of them have like revenue goals. So like when I get to six figures, you know, when I get to half a million, when I get to a million and they, and even though how many times they've done that in their career and they like keep doing it, it's like what, okay, well, six figures wasn't it, but like a million will be it, you know? And then every single time they're just like, they get there and they're like, well, all right, now I want to hit 2 million. Now I want to hit five. Like they just, it just is not a, it's a never ending treadmill basically. Yeah. And that's why I like the point that you made working with people up front to say, Hey, before you even start, that's a great goal to have. But before you even start on this goal, instead of looking at it as different pieces, like I'm going to do the revenue and the business building piece, and then I'll deal with the balance piece. Think on the front end, how can I do both? Um, and, and cause I'm a firm believer and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I'm a firm believer in, I don't, I don't like to necessarily use the term. You can have it all, but I am a firm believer in if the, the two pieces aren't mutually exclusive, like you can have a thriving business and a thriving personal life. And I'd argue your business is better off when you do have the thriving personal life. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I actually was just talking to somebody about this other day. Cause I feel Strongly that it's important to enjoy the journey of building your business because mm -hmm. building a business and like a lot of things, it's not just building a business, but doing a lot of things in life. It's hard. It's hard. So you're not, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. And no matter how much you love what you do, you are going to have terrible days. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have the day where a client gets mad or, you know, some, something terrible happens. And if you don't set your life up and your business up to be complete without the other thing you know, like to have a whole personal life and a whole business life, you're not going to weather those days and your business will die. You know, mm. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think a lot of small businesses fail. It's like they, people are just so wrapped up in these things and they're not focusing on like, how can I enjoy the journey and not just the goal, you know? Mm. You stepped all over my toes on that one, but thank you. <laughs> I've been wrestling with that myself. Like I, I, I've been, I've been coaching unofficially probably 10 years. Like, I mean, didn't really, I mean, it, it's like it's leadership, but I never, I mean, coach, that's pretty much what coaching is. And, you know, in the past little bit, as I've decided, Hey, now that I've got an idea of what this coaching thing is and I, I like it and I want to, I see the benefit that it's had in my life and that can have for the people. I was like, I want to do this thing. So I've you know, started my own coaching practice officially. Yeah. And that's the point I've been wrestling with is like, I, I have this vision of what I want it to be. And I want it to be that yesterday. Right. <laughs> and, and so to hear you say, as someone who does what you do, enjoy the process. Like I, I'm thinking, as you're saying that I'm literally thinking in my head, how do I enjoy that process of building this business and making sure that, especially I'm coaching around this area of balance. How do I also mirror that in my own life mm -hmm. of building this? You know, I've got my full-time job, but I'm, you know, trying to build up this coaching practice too. How do I do that, but maintain a good personal life? I mean, I got, I mean, my wife and my two boys make sure they don't get leftovers from this other thing I'm trying to build because it's ultimately their thing too. Like it's, it's all integrated. So, um, so thank you for that. 
Thank you for that uh, gentle correction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just, it is a piece of balance. You know, it's just this idea of like enjoying the journey today and not just accepting this story that we're told in like the toxic version of hustle culture Mm. of just like, no, you just have to, you know, that's what startup life is. You just work 24 seven and that's what you do. And that's how it's done. And, and it's like, it doesn't have to be. You know, and yeah, maybe because I find that a lot of people, you know, you work 24 seven and they think, well, I can do that for, you know, I don't know what, six months or something like that. And then by that time, I'll be successful. What if you're not? Mm. What if you got another six months to go and you just spent all your gas, you know, and you're done? Well, that's I mean, (laughs) then you still have another six months to go without that energy, you know, whatever, whatever your runway is there's a chance you're going to need more, you know? So it's better, I think, to be, keep some gas in the tank, you know, and create that balance. That's really good. That, because it goes back to what you were saying earlier, like if you're somebody who's goal oriented, <laughs> you're saying, well, in six months, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it hard in six months and then I'll take a break because I'll be, I'll be where I need to be. And then I'll pay attention to my family. And like you said, what happens when you get there in six months and it's not where you want to be, what's the first piece that's going to go to the side, the attention to everything else that I was going to give. Cause I got to yeah. go harder now. That's good. Yeah. I mean, and imagine I put, telling yeah. your wife, like, babe, we can't have any date nights, but like in six months, we're going to have a date night. And she's like, all right, here's the moment. And you're like, all right, it's actually gonna be another six months. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll be having some was... tough conversations after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be uh, finding a guest room. <laughs> I was checking out that couch. Yeah, yeah. Good thing I've got Netflix. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I also appreciate what you said in that, um, because you're you you made a great point. Toxic that toxic aspect of t- the hustle life. And I had another uh, person say one time toxic productivity. Um, but you're right, especially for for those of us who would be more solopreneurs or entrepreneurs. That's what you see out there is you just got, you've got to grind. And if you're not doing it, you're not a real entrepreneur. You're not a real solopreneur. If you're not doing that, if you're not, ha- I saw a thing the other day that said, you know, if you're trying to start a side hustle and you work an eight to five, you need to, you need to be asking yourself, what are you doing with that 7 PM to 2 AM time slot? And I'm like, I'm sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm like, I'm not going to turn around and and work that hard from seven to 2 AM sleep a couple hours. But so to hear you say that as someone who works with folks in this area, I think is really helpful because that's, that's the wrestle I've had is I, I want a thriving practice. I want, because the thriving practice means more helping more people. Um, but in my mind, as like you just said, there's got to be a way to build it without killing myself and to build it in a way that I can enjoy the process and not feel like, well, I'm missing out on something because I'm not doing it as hardcore as that person on the Instagram ad says I need to be doing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like I, I use my words carefully when I said, you know, the toxic aspect of hustle culture, I won't say that all hustle is bad, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Building a business is hard and sometimes you got to work weekends. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Sometimes you got to work in the evening. Sometimes you do have to work until 2 a.m. But I think what's dangerous is when you accept that that is supposedly sustainable, that you can work Mm -hmm. from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. every single day and also weekends. And that's just like what the first five years of your business looks like or something like that. I think that's when it starts to become dangerous. You know, when you start to 
<clears throat> think about it that way. And productivity, the reason I don't use the term toxic productivity, but it is a good one, is like, I think productivity is about focusing on the output, you know, like mm-hmm. the value that you're offering the world, the value that you're offering to your clients, the impact that you're making, not the number of hours it took you to make that impact, you know? And I think coming from an employee mindset, you know, we we're built a lot of times to think about our value in time. And I think that's, that's a, takes a lot of undoing mindset wise, you know, to remember mm-hmm. that like, it doesn't take eight hours to create the value that other people can create in eight hours. If you create systems and productivity, you don't need eight hours to do it. You know, you can do it in <clears throat> two, one, like, yeah. you know, and just really focusing on like, what value am I offering and stop thinking about that time slot. I mean, a lot of the entrepreneurs I talk to, the day they quit their like full-time job and they go full-time on their business, they're working nine to five, not because there's that much to do, but because like the, they just think that like, that's what you do. And like, if they're done at like 12, they'll just like piddle around and like, <laughs> you know, like they just, it's like, it takes a while to get out of that. Like, <laughs> this is what you do. Yeah. It's like you, you, you built this business to get out of the nine to five and you ended up falling right back into the nine to five. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's a good distinction that you make there. And, and that's the same idea I have when it comes to, you know, toxic productivity, I was like, kind of what you mentioned earlier of people wrapping up their identity in, in these things. And I'm not, if I'm not being productive, then I'm not being, I don't have value. And, and so same with the business. Like if, if my value and my worth is wrapped up in what I'm doing, my business, whatever it might be. And, and that's, I see that a lot with my, the clients that come to me. Um, a lot of times it's, it's after the fact of everything has kind of overwhelmed them. Um, and, and that's one of the things I have found is like you just said, so often they're tied up way too much in their business to the point that where the work they're doing is where they're finding personal value and personal fulfillment and identity. And, and that's one of the things we work in, um, we work on is that, that can't be it. I, I, one of my things I like to say to folks is the job you're doing right now, the day you quit that company will have somebody else in that job within a couple of weeks. So it's not like you can't be, somebody else is going to do that job. So that's not you. That's not, it's part of you and it's important, but you are not that job. Yeah. We, I see that a lot in entrepreneurs too, who sell their businesses, like they sell the business and that's like, that was their plan. That's now's the rainbows and butterflies part. It's kind of what they thought, but they just have such a hard time letting go, you know, especially like if they're moved to be a board member or something like that, or they're still involved in the company for a while, it's just so hard for them because that's their baby, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what, that's all that they have been doing for the last 10, 20, you know, whatever years and they've neglected other things. And now it's just, just like this giant gaping hole, you know, and they just like, can't like, it's just so hard for them, you know? And it's like, if you build a whole life before that point, instead you'll have the feelings of like, now I can like, you know, rock climb all the time, or I don't know, you know, yeah. the golf course, you know, but yeah, all, all these hobbies I had before now I can spend more time on them. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's important to have that balance before you get to rainbows and butterflies, whatever you think that's going to be. Cause like I said, often 
things look a lot different when you hit that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day and it was about retirement, which I'm far away from at this point. Uh, but it was, he, he is retired and he's kind of doing a second job now. And that's one thing he said. He said, I remember the day I woke up the, the day after I retired. And he said, I had a real existential crisis of, all right, I, my, who I was, was wrapped up in this one industry for 30 years. And yeah. overnight, I'm not in that industry anymore. And overnight, I'm not making those. I mean, he, he had gone up I mean, he was C-level at that point. He's like, and overnight, I'm not making those calls. I'm not calling those shots. I'm not um, over, looking over that data. He's like, and I didn't know what to do. And he's like, I didn't know who I was because that was all me. And, and, and so he was like, I'm really resonating with some of the stuff you're putting out. He's like, I'm retired now and I've kind of got it figured out. He's like, but I know what that felt like to, to get up the day after retirement and be like, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, my mom actually, when she retired, she cut hair and, um, she had her own business. And when she retired, it was so hard for her because she was like, I realize that's like a big part of my social life. Like I love like my clients. I love what I do. And I'm like, you know, I go to work and I got like, okay, I'm going to talk to today. I'm going to talk to Justin today, you know, see how they're doing. Like see how those, those kids are doing, you know, like get the updates or whatever. And then it's like overnight, like those relationships ended, you know, it's like some people she'd been cutting their hair for 30, 40 years, you know, yeah. it's crazy. So it's like, and she was just like, yeah, it's weird. Like, do I call them and get an update on their kids? Like, I, it's just such a weird thing to have happen, you know? Yeah. Do I be that creepy person? That's like, I, I know you used to cut your hair, but now I'm I'm calling just to see how you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think your, your point at the beginning is so important of pay attention to this on the front end as you're going into this. Don't, don't set that aside and say, well, I'll get to it when I get to it make it a part. I love the term you use strategy, make it a part of your strategy on the front end. That's one of the things that got me into what I'm doing is I did, I did my doctoral work in, in leadership. And, um, I was struck by, you know, when we're working with educational institutions or organizations or anything, we always say mission, vision, core values, like get those things clear. Don't stray away from them because it's going to make your business more successful. But it's like, we do that. And then we forget about it for ourselves. And so we go into our business with this mission, vision, strategy, core values, all those things. And we separate out your own personal mission, vision, and core values and think, well, that's just, that's just different. And then before you know it, if you haven't done the work on the front end, your business and your personal values might have split. And, and now you're burnout and stuck. You don't know why this job isn't fulfilling you anymore. Or like, like we talked about before, family time is important to you and you but you said, I'll get to that in a second. You didn't build it into your strategy. And before you know it, you've got this million dollar company and no family. Yeah. And you're, you're wondering where they went. Yeah. Yeah. It happens all the time. And that's one of the things we do in my program when we do our like 90 day planning, which is you know common in business, but we do like a utopia exercise. And that utopia is not just for your business. It's not just like, you know, what do you want your business to look like in like a blue sky world? It's everything. It's like, what, what kind of relationships do you have? Who are, do you have kids? Do you have like, who are your friends in your utopia? Who are your, you know, what are your hobbies? What, what do you spend? What does your schedule look like? Are you spending, you know, one day a week working? Are you spending six days a week working? Cause you love it so much. You know, what, what does it all look like? Because it's not independent of each other, you know? Yeah. So, so key point, Start with the end in mind, a good old Stephen Covey quote. 
start yeah. with the end in mind, but build it into the process. So, so what are some steps people can take? So if they're like, Hey, I'm totally getting what Janae's saying here. And, um, how, do, what does that look like? How do they do that? Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think systems are pretty much the key to like everything in life for the most part. Um, you know, hammer nail scenario, I guess, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that sort of utopia type exercise is a good place to start. It's a good place. It's a good thing to do to kind of recalibrate things is just to really think about like throw out reality. You know, if you want to live on Mars in the future, just throw out reality and the reason I say that is because you can go back later and analyze it and be like, wow, I talked a lot about time. You know, I talked a lot about spending time doing this and time doing that. So I guess time must be the most important piece, you know, or mm-hmm. if you talk a lot about all the stuff you're going to buy, you know, then money must be so important to you. If you talk about, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of mm-hmm. like throwing out reality sort of starts to like get into deep of what your values really are and what you really want. And then I think you look at your baseline of where you're at today. So if you just run it all around, you know, you're working 80 hours a week or whatever it is, I think you start with the lowest hanging fruit um, in terms of systems. So start to look at what can be systematized first. Um, one of the things that I did was I started using a timer. And that's one of the key things I tell people to do. And you don't have to time every single thing and every single piece of your life or anything, but um, maybe just pick one thing that you're spending time doing, just like, oh, I wonder how long I'm spending on emailing back and forth with my clients, or I wonder how long I'm spending on um, my team members asking me questions or whatever it is, and just kind of like start to get a baseline of what that's looking like and start to identify like what's something that could be outsourced or could be optimized. For me, one of those things was bookkeeping. I realized I was doing my own bookkeeping and I was like, I'm spending it's like, first of all, I hate it, you know, so it's not good time. It's not enjoyable time. And I started timing myself and I was spending like 10 plus hours a month on doing this. And I wasn't even good at it. You know, and when I outsourced it, took this person like one hour or two hours a month for where I was in my business then. And I was like, I am an idiot. Like why? Like, you know how much money I could have made in those 10 hours that I was over here spending on bookkeeping and how much it cost me, you know, like it just doesn't make any sense. So when you start mm-hmm. to like, it's hard when you're totally overwhelmed, you know, like you feel like you need to systematize everything, but if you just pick like small, tiny things to start to optimize, like just pick one little thing, you know, scheduling clients or whatever it is that can actually be huge. Cause once you optimize that, then you can do the next thing. Um, I call it kind of the productivity snowball method. Mm-hmm. So it's like, once you start to optimize a little bit, it's a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. Um, I borrowed it from, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he talks about the debt snowball, mm-hmm. how you want to, instead of paying like the highest APR credit cards, pay like the smallest. So if you owe like only $200 on one credit card, just go ahead and pay that off. Cause then you can take that payment and roll it into the next credit card. It's like that with time, right? Once you get back just a few minutes, now you have a little bit of space to optimize something else. And now once that's optimized, you have a little bit more time and energy and space to optimize something else and so on and so forth. And you start to slowly regain your time back. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I've, I've used something similar um, to, like you said, your utopia exercise of, you know, let's let's, I told my clients, you know, let's just have a thought experiment. What's, 
you've called me three years from now and everything's going great. What does it look like? And, mm-hmm. and don't don't and, and speak in like present terms, like say this is what's going on. Don't say, well, it would be it would be. No, tell me what it's like. Mm-hmm. And and then re- we're going to reverse engineer that. All right. That's where we want to get. How do we make that happen? And I I like how you I like the snowball idea, because I think so many times people think it's massive changes, but it's not. And and um, I, I like to use the the analogy of a compass, like you get you get that compass off by just a, the negative way of looking at it is you get that compass off by just a little bit. And it doesn't seem like a big deal to start with. But five years from now, you're in a whole different location than where you intended to go. The same is true. If you want to get back on course, make small adjustments. And and it won't seem like a lot in the small, in the, in the immediate, some things will give you an immediate impact. But if you're really in it for the long game, making those small adjustments will make massive changes further down the road. So I think that's a, that's I, I like the way I like the snowball. I, I do know the Dave Ramsey debt snowball thing. So I like this productivity snowball thing. It's, it's those small things. I was talking to a guy the other day about habits and that's what we talked about. Like if you want to build a habit, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to do an hour at the gym. Start mm-hmm. with saying, I'm going to go on a five minute walk every day. Start with yep. something you can manage and you'll build up. And so I think that's the same concept here is start with, something small that you could optimize. You might be surprised how much it's going to change things for you, but don't think I got to do this. And if it doesn't make massive changes in my life, I got to throw it away. No, do it. Then do the next thing. Then do the next thing. And before you know it, like you said, you've got this whole system around you that's making life a lot easier. Yeah. I work with a lot of clients that once they, they don't, it's so slow. They don't necessarily see it, but usually when they really see that they've made massive changes is when something happens either in their life or their business that disrupts those systems for some reason. And they're just like, they can't handle it. They're like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then like, wait a minute, did I used to live like this all the time? <laughs> wow, this is not good at all. How did I do that? Yeah, yeah. You're, this, you're, you're getting a, a look at your normal from an outside perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of my so clients says, uh, like I, I, I say I fell off the bandwagon, but now at least I have a bandwagon to fall off of. <laughs> you know? That's good. So what do you see is one of the, some of the biggest obstacles that folks run into if they're like, yeah, I want to do this. This sounds good. What were some of the big obstacles they run into? I think creating space for themselves. And I think that's not a time issue. It's more of a bandwidth issue. You know, when people mm-hmm. are, when they're headed toward burnout or are burned out, you know, it's really hard to like make good decisions and like think properly and really like you're just sort of putting out fires and chasing after the next thing. And so creating that bandwidth, I think is like the biggest challenge. And it's also the most important piece. But I think the solution to that is exactly what you said. Like it can be five minutes, like it can be go for a five minute walk, you know, because a lot of it is just convincing yourself that it is possible to create space, you know, because it feels like it's not feels mm-hmm. like everything needs to be done. And if everything that's on your to-do list isn't done, the world will come crashing down or something, you know, because when you're in it, it's really hard to see those things. So I talk a lot about building the bucket before you optimize the bucket. So in other words, um, you know, when I was, I had myself, when I was burning out, I was like, I know I need to go to the gym and do something self-care wise, but like, I just can't even imagine shutting my computer off right now to do that. And so I decided I was just going to sit outside for like 
my goal was 30 minutes. Sometimes I'd make it five, sometimes I'd make it 10. But the whole point was just to convince myself that I really did have 30 minutes to like do a workout. Mm -hmm. But if I had started with the workout and also making the 30 minutes, that would have been too much. And I would have lasted like a week and then gone back to the regular everything else, you know? And so I talk a lot about to my clients about like, build a bucket. Don't worry about how productive the bucket is. It's not about that. It's about building the bucket until you don't even think about it anymore. Like you don't have to force yourself or use willpower to stop working on billable work or talking with a client in order to strategize on your business. It just happens at 930 every day. That's just what you do, you know? So it's just about really building the bucket and then you can worry about once that's not even a second thought, it just, that's what happens at that time or that space. Then you can start thinking about how can I use these 30 minutes more productively? How can I optimize this? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it all boils down to mindset on a lot of things of, mm-hmm. you know, don't, and I, I think, I think that's a big, and maybe you see this too. I I would say that's a big issue for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs because they are so goal oriented. So it's got to be, I've got to do the biggest thing. Like I've got to make the change right now. And so, yeah, if I'm burning out, I should be able to muscle my way into an hour at the gym or, or whatever it is. And it doesn't work that way. They get burned out, get burned out on that and, and don't finish it. And so it just compounds. And I think that, then that builds up. Well, I I failed at that. And so now my self-esteem is dropping. And so that's just adding fuel to the fire. When, if you shift your mindset a little bit, and like you said, build the bucket, don't worry about what's in it and how full it is, just build it and then start filling it up drop by drop. Um, It makes it a much more manageable thing. And that's how you crawl. That's how you crawl out of this stuff anyways. And that, that all the clients that I have, when we work on things like burnout, that's what we do. We start with one thing one mm-hmm. thing and it's and a lot of times it's 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 health because that seems to be one of the biggest issues that people first jump their mind to and and that's one of the things we do hey go for a 30 minute walk find t- find space to go for a walk mm-hmm. well that's not that's not going to change a lot we're not changing everything overnight <laughs> go for yeah. the 30 minute walk and see how you feel and or or whatever the time frame is that works for your schedule do it and do it consistently and see how you feel and that's there's the, there's your first brick in your foundation Yeah, exactly. And on that note, you know, if you don't have 30 minutes, if you only have five, I'd rather see someone do a five minute walk every single day and hit those five minutes every single day than be like, well, there's no point in going because I don't have 30 minutes today, Mm -hmm. you know? And then Monday is 30 minutes and Tuesday it's five and Wednesday it's like 10 and, you know, like just whatever it is that you can actually really do and it's not a big deal, do that. Yeah. Yeah, consistency is the key. As long as you can keep it up, I was reading an article the other day, and it said um, it was talking about habits, and it said uh, I gave the example of learning to play the violin. If you practice, I think they said seven minutes a day, every day for a year. By the time you get into that year, you're going to be ahead of ninety five percent of the people who are learning the violin because it's consistent. Mm-hmm. And so you know, and but you think I've got to sit down for an hour and practice or whatever it is. No, seven minutes. Like we'd all be hard pressed to find something we couldn't suck up and do for seven exactly. minutes. And and it's it's like the power of that compounding interest on things of you're putting a little bit in the bank, a little bit in the bank, and you're not starting from scratch every day. 
you're starting, like if you go for that five minute walk and you go five minutes tomorrow, you're starting off the back of the five minutes you walked yesterday. You're exactly. not starting from ground zero. Um, so I, yeah, like you said, find what, find what works for you. And don't worry about what works for somebody else. Don't worry about how it looks to somebody else because there's always going to be somebody who who's going to look at you and say, well, you could do more than that. I mean, if you say I'm going to go for a five minute walk, I guarantee you, you can find a thousand fitness coaches. that are going to be like, oh, you can do more than that. Go, go 30 minute walk. Mm-hmm. I can't do 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, start where you can start and go from there. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, I think self-awareness is a big piece of productivity in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, like you were saying earlier, it's like people are just like, ah, oh, like I should be able to spend an hour. So like they're, they put an hour on their schedule and then that time comes up and it doesn't happen, you know? And so it ends up snowballing the opposite way, you know, into Mm -hmm. burnout. But if you just accept yourself for who you are and accept that that's fine, where you are in that moment, like you can make productivity leaps and bounds because you're not being hindered by these setbacks of, "Ah, I'm going to spend an hour every single day in the gym when I used to sit on the couch every day, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I like, I'm a, I'm slightly neurodivergent myself. And so I have a lot of guardrails because I oscillate between hyper-focus and cannot focus for the life of me, you know? And so I have so many things in place and things to make sure that I don't look up and it's 10 PM and I've worked straight the entire day. And now I'm going to be exhausted for two days or, you know, I'm need to turn something in or send something to a client. And I'm like, over here watching Netflix or something. Like I have so many guardrails in place, but I don't judge myself for that. I know myself. And so mm-hmm. I just put in guardrails. It's not a it's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. And that's that's a great point. Like I, I I tell clients all the time, there's because it's like we're we're wired, especially sometimes when I'm talking to clients, like they'll say, I'd like to do this, this, and this. And it's like they look at me for affirmation of whether that's right or wrong. And I'm like, there's no right or wrong here. Like what works for you? I'm just here to help you process what works for you and then hold you accountable to what you want to do. It's not a right or wrong thing. And so if you want to go walk for five minutes and you can commit to it, go do it. Like you're not, like you said, be self-aware and don't compare yourself and don't look for permission to somebody else to fix what you want to fix um, because you got to do what works for you. Yeah, exactly. So what would you say would be like, if you could condense it into one big takeaway, so everybody said, man, Janae, I'm resonating with everything you've said today. Where do I start? Like, what do I do today? I would say use a timer Mm. in some way and time yourself. Um, and then actually look at the time. One of the things that happens when people use a timer is they start get irritated that they have to like start and stop this timer and all that. And usually that alone indicates that you're not batching things together. You know, like you're letting the email ding every two minutes and then stopping what you're doing and checking your email. Well, if you had to start and stop a timer every time you clicked that notification button, you'd get so irritated. Like, yeah. oh my God, such a waste of time of start and stopping this timer. And every time that happens, that's a red flag that that thing is not optimized you know, that you don't have a system for that item. So yeah, using a timer throughout your day and actually seeing where does your time really go? Not where do you think it's going? Yeah. I wrote down batch emails. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> as soon yeah. as you said, as soon as you said, because I was like, oh, timer, that sounds good. And then you mentioned the emails. I was like, golly, man. Yep. 
That's yeah. me. Every every time it dings, I'm like, all right, let me go fix that. Let me go fix that. I know you asked for one thing, but that's my other thing is like, turn off all notifications. Like nothing, you are not an ER doctor. Like calm down, like turn off every notification. And then you have time blocks where you go check your email and the world will not end. Like just notifications should be off. I mean, my phone lives on silent. Like I will call you back. I will check my text messages when I have that on my calendar to check my text messages. I don't need a ding in my ear all day. Like you're, you're killing me, Janae. You're killing me. <laughs> like I just, yeah. I'll like I'll, I'll talk to people and I'll like hear their like WhatsApp notifications in the background. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. I just, yeah. I've written down note number one, batch my emails. Note number two, turn off notifications. Yeah. Thank you. Now that I, uh, yeah, now that my toes are stepped all over. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, Janae, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you today and I appreciate your time. Um, this is really good stuff. And even just for, even just for me, like, as I'm thinking of, you know, just formally starting some sort of practice and trying to build that up, you know, been, been doing it unofficially for a while, but all right, I want to get into doing this a little bit more formally doing that in a way that maintains this balance in my life. So I've been taking lots of notes. And um, so thank you for your expertise. Thank you for your willingness to do what you do and uh, for being willing to take time with us today. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's been cool. Yeah. So if people want to learn more from you, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can go to productivitystacks.com. That's where you'll find all the case studies and breakdowns uh, of entrepreneurs and the systems and tools that they've used. Um, and then we are doer entrepreneurs on every platform. So Instagram, TikTok, et cetera. Awesome. Well, Janae, thanks. And I hope we get to chat again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening in on my conversation with Janae. I hope you found it helpful and found several things to begin implementing in your own life to help build more balance and build some resiliency and greater productivity. I, I really encourage you to check out Janae's stuff online. She has some great content that I know will continue to be beneficial to you. So check out the links in the show notes for that. If you found the episode helpful, please share it with someone else who will find it helpful as well. And be sure to subscribe and follow so that you don't miss out on a single episode. If you have a topic you'd like to see covered or discussed, shoot me an email or reach out on social media and let me know because I love getting your feedback. It only serves to make this content better and that's what I want. So until next time, Keep living that balanced life and keep seeking out God's best for you and we'll chat again next week.